Oh, the mom guilt. The pressure is real. My name is Amy Ballantyne. Welcome to Power to the People Pleasers. So excited to have my guest Aaron here. Welcome, Aaron. Hi there. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? I'm per- perfect. Thank you. I'm so glad to have you on the show today. Mom of three. I'm also a mom of three, so I know that we'll have lots to be able to chat about there. But you're a nurse as well, which I think is mm-hmm. so incredible. Thank you for your service. Thank you for the work you do. I'm going to sing your praises for our, on behalf of all the nurses that I've always uh, that I've had the opportunity to come across over the years. But I'm I'm really grateful for you. And uh, podcaster, double podcaster. That's pretty <laughs> impressive. Thank you. Yeah, no, I thank you for your praise. I mean, I don't do it for the accolades. I I certainly didn't expect to get into a position where we were praising healthcare workers. Um, but here we are. Uh, and I appreciate that nonetheless, but it is what I do. It is my job. That is how wow. I look at it. I don't I don't look at it as any type of hero work. Well, I I think we all need to give more shout outs to these people. The work that you do is very important. So I'm sure I'll share share some more of my stories as we get going here. But on the podcast, I always ask my guests the first question, have you ever been a people pleaser? And if so, how did it show up in your life? I would say probably when I was I mean, I am a, like you'd say, a type A personality. I'm a person, I'm a rule follower. I don't take risks. And that's, I feel like just my personality. But at the same time, I remember when I was younger, like a child and a teenager and kind of coming into my own. And I'm a pretty big personality, people like to say. Um, I'm not afraid to say what I think, but I think that that has gotten more evident as I've gotten older and more comfortable in my own skin. And so as a child, I was very, you know, I wasn't doing things I didn't want to do, but I certainly went along with like friend groups that I, not necessarily, they weren't doing anything terrible, but like people who are not really your friends and you're being friends with them and, you know, that type of thing. And then, and I, I think it happened more among friend groups and peers than it did among like authority figures. Mm -hmm. So, but, you know, as I got older and I mean, you kind of start to recognize those mean girls and you kind of protect yourself from them. And so I actually, there was a group of mean girls in nursing school who I didn't know were mean at the time and fast forward. And I'm like, Oh, okay. All right. That's, I see who you are. So, but just as I got older, I think it was easier for me to just say, no, I don't like that. Or I don't want to do that or to just be able to disagree with someone. But yes, definitely happened as a child. And before I was comfortable in my own skin. Yeah, thank you. And I think there is so much you've, uh, there's a few nuggets that you've dropped just in that one answer alone that I know we'll get into. But when I hear people talking about being a people pleaser, I love that you're sharing that that you now come to a place where you can say no, uh, that you you know you don't like that thing, and you can stand up for you what you want. I'd love for you to share you know, you work as a postpartum nurse. And mm-hmm. I'd love for you to share this concept of being comfortable in your own skin as a new mother. Can we start there? Yes. So um, my journey into motherhood was atypical. I, first of all, right off the bat, got pregnant with twins. I totally wanted to have a baby, but I, we weren't, re- you know, no one's like, oh, I'm having two. Um, <laughs> so immediately it was like not traditional, um, or not what you think it's going to be. 
And so we were pretty young, but we were ready for children and ended up with two right away. And so very quickly, our lives became not about us. And then I ended up on bed rest at 24 weeks in the hospital and I was there for four weeks. And then the girls were born 12 weeks early and they were in the NICU for two months. And so my journey into motherhood was much different than, you know, than the, what you imagine happening. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, it was kind of like I was eased into the role of a mother because I was not immediately responsible for them. Um, Mm -hmm. Of course, I felt responsible for them and there was major mom guilt about a lot of things, but they were being cared for by professionals and that's what they needed at the time. And so I didn't have to worry about that like piece of, oh, I have to feed them. I have to like, are they breathing? You know, I knew they were doing all of those things. And then by the time I had my third child, like he was term and everything was that typical experience. So that was a whole other thing for me, but at least I had the confidence of the fact that these, the twins were four by the time he rolled around. So yes, it was my experience in becoming comfortable as a mother was much different. Um, so I feel like I got like some of the best training that you could get from the nurses in the NICU and I learned what to look for. And I was, it immediately, I was not a medical professional and had no interest in being a medical professional before my daughters were born. And yes, like totally changed my career path. I had a degree in teaching. I was fully ready to do that. But the care that they received inspired me so much to want to give back in that way. But I remember when they went home, I was terrified because... (laughs) Now not what? Only, That's, now what? We looked yeah. at each other. We're like, now what do we Basically, do? Basically, and they're like, they're <laughs> tiny, and I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh, and like we had to feed them very regimented, and so it was a lot different. But the thing was, is I had a plan. You know, the nurses had a plan. The doctors told me what to do. I had people mm-hmm. to call. It wasn't just like, okay, feed your baby every three hours. Here's your baby. See you later. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, where people are pushed out so quickly. You know what? I think I'm so glad that we are having this conversation because my middle was a, a NICU baby as well. And mm. for a, a moment in time, I am glad I'm I'm on my own journey in, in my career. But for a moment, ah, I don't know what just happened. There we are. We're back. <laughs> okay. There we go. Uh, for a moment in time, I thought I was going to go become a NICU nurse because I was also so inspired by the the care and the love and the guidance and the coaching and the support uh, that I received uh, in that space as well. So uh, amazing that you you were so moved and inspired that you made that as your profession. So I'd love to know when you see these new moms. Uh, we're going to get to the guilt in a moment. Totally. But when you see these new moms, what what is one thing from your experience of being a mom and having that, you know, atypical first motherhood experience? But what would you tell them to recognize? right away to be comfortable in their own skin? What would you tell them? I I always tell moms and I would tell these people, you have to be aware that you don't know what you don't know and that's okay. Yeah. You've, and you've never done this before. Mm-hmm. 
And I even remind my parents who are veterans, you know, they have multiple children. I will remind them, this is a different baby. This is a different experience. You're in a different place in your life. Every like that, that factors in that matters. And a lot of the, I just, I want to make these people feel comfortable because you're not supposed to know everything. You guys are two brand new humans, you know, like two really, well, three, you know, um, or depends on how many babies you have, <laughs> yeah. but, um, the, you have the newborn and the mother and the support person or the father or whoever, yeah. however the family unit comes together and everyone's new at it. No one knows what they're doing. And even if they have experience with tons of brothers and sisters or babysitting or whatever, this is your baby. So it's a fully different ball game and the pressure is real and they're terrified immediately. And what I like to tell people is you don't have to freak out. This is supposed to be scary. It's supposed to be nerve wracking. It's a big deal. It's okay. The fact that you care and are nervous means that you love this child and you will do right by it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So let's talk about the guilt, the mom guilt. When (laughs) I, I joke that uh, as soon as you have a baby, that the moment that baby arrives, it's like someone has poured this billions of gallons into the top of your head of guilt. It's like, you just get filled right up with it. Isn't it crazy? Tell me how you describe it. I was, you know, I, I said this in my first episode on my podcast, I thought it was just me. I thought I was the only one beating myself up about this, you know, you know, like, oh, I'm doing a terrible job and, you know, God knows what they watched on TV today. You know, maybe they had too much screen time or maybe they had too many McDonald's chicken nuggets or maybe I need to feel guilty. Like so many things and just like things that are beyond my control as well. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the type me, of diaper and formula. Yeah, yes. And like for me, I felt guilty immediately because I couldn't keep them in longer as long mm. as they were supposed to be in. So like, and that every time they'd have like a setback that could be related to prematurity, that would be like, it would, I would just be like, it's because I couldn't keep them in. And then like immediate tears. And my husband's like, right. But you had glasses when you were nine. So it could have happened either way. (laughs) And he tries to like bring me back to earth. But I notice with these moms, you're right. You're absolutely 1000% right. It's like someone just filled you with guilt. Like you had a baby. You live in two hours of bliss while you're in postpartum recovery in the labor unit. (laughs) You get to your postpartum room. Your labor nurse leaves you. I'm there, but I leave you with your family. You know, call me if you need me kind of a thing. Hopefully you're Mm -hmm. resting. And immediately people are freaking out. And it's usually the mom. And it's usually about feeding because you're realizing, oh, gosh, I have to keep this thing alive. And the primary thing that women want to do. I mean, even animals do it. Pup dogs do it. Cats do it. They want to clean their baby. They want to keep them warm and they want to feed them. Yeah. And so not knowing what you don't know plays into it. Like a lot of, there's not much focus in the pregnancy period on education of how long it takes to establish a feeding pattern Mm -hmm. and what will happen. Um, like how long it takes your milk to come in, 
There's like a bajillion different factors that play into breastfeeding. That's not talked mm -hmm. about until the baby gets here. And now you feel like there's something wrong with you because, yeah. well, you have flat nipples. Who cares if you have flat nipples? That's just the way your anatomy is. We can work with it. We'll figure it out. Yeah. But your baby is going to have some trouble figuring that out. And that's okay. We're going to, we have ways to work around this, but oh my gosh, you're absolutely right. Immediate guilt, just like right off the bat. And that was just like shocking to me. And it was across the board, you know, mostly I'll say I did notice in, um, cause I took care of a lot of m several cultures. Right. Mm -hmm. But I did notice that like, I don't know how to say this without saying, sounding like not politically correct, but some, I had a lot of uh, Somali patients who are Muslim and they, not all of them because that's a generalization, but they, their faith is so strong that they, they put a lot of that on their faith. They rely on God or Allah, mm. you know, and, and I, I noticed that those moms, even if they were new moms, were just like, it's going to be okay. We're going to figure it out. And, no. you know, would be like willing to, um, you know, do different things like supplement or pump or et cetera to feed the baby. And they were just like more calm about it. And it was like people who look like me and like high anxiety, like women who would want to just immediately feel like they should, they're doing, they're failing at something. And like, that's not a way to enter into motherhood. Yeah, I think like that you're immediately you've, you've said some important things that a takeaway here is women of all different uh, backgrounds mm -hmm. bring different traits. And one of the traits that we can take away is perhaps leaning into more calm and connectedness that it will be okay. If there is a mantra to be taking away from that story you just shared is mm -hmm. it will be okay. And if you are a spiritual person leaning into that even more, especially mm -hmm. in that time uh, is what a beautiful message that, that you, you've passed along there. And I think the other one that I really like is recognizing that if we can help pregnant women know ahead of time that the guilt is coming and to be aware that very soon after the birth, yeah, a, an abundance of feelings of not feeling enough, not feeling good enough, uh, feeling bad about everything possible is going to happen. Mm-hmm at least we're we're giving them a little bit more of a heads up right that right this is this is part of the next phase mm -hmm. but i'd love to know from you and in your work as a nurse okay so they're feeling guilty they're feeling frustrated by their their milk production or uh that they couldn't keep the baby in long enough i had a similar experience as well mm -hmm. um what guidance are you giving them to help them move from that state of yucky, horrible feeling of guilt. Mm -hmm. So I do, uh, I work at a high risk OB hospital and I, I should be fully transparent. I'm now casual there, but I do work about 24 hours a month and I still am a full-time nurse just elsewhere. Yeah. And, um, what I, 
will say is that I do care for moms. Like I call them mom only patients, like moms mm-hmm. whose babies are at children's hospital because we're attached. And so the baby will be at special care or NICU wherever they need to be. And so I do have those patients who are like me. And nurses, we kind of feel out the situation. Do you want to hear about my life or do you not? Do you care if I've had a similar experience or is that going to just feel dismissive to you? Mm-hmm. So I read the room and Smart. most most of the t- right. Um, <laughs> most of the time, women seem to be open to shared experiences. And so I've, I've brought up my own experience and I've brought up the fact that I've been on bed rest and the fact that I've, I've had to leave my babies and go home. The fact that I had to let other people take care of them. The fact that I feel like my body failed me in some type of way and like share with them that I had all those feelings and then they can see themselves in my experience. And I think that gives them some solace, like, oh, I am normal. Like this is normal. This is okay to feel like this. And then I remind them that you're like you are doing and you did everything that you could possibly do for your baby. They had to come out early and that's just the way, you know, there's a million different reasons they come out early. Of course. But and sometimes we like induce them to come out early depending on a mom's health condition or maybe the babies. And I always bring them back to why we did this. And the fact that we need you to be like, or why, like if it just happened because they just happen sometimes and you weren't expecting it and you were completely unprepared and you didn't know this was going to happen. Then we recognize that, that unfamiliar, that, that grief of that experience that you did not get. And so I do that a lot with my mom only patients. And then my moms who have their babies with them, I'm just reminding them this is like, like I said, this is hard. It's supposed to be hard. You don't know what you don't know. And I tell them your heart may very well feel things that you are calling yourself crazy for in your head. You're like, girlfriend, you know this, like you, what were you going to do? Keep the baby in, you know, like how it's, you had high blood pressure, you know, did you want to have a seizure so that your baby has no mother? Like we, you know, like sometimes we have to talk about that. Like your health condition was so bad that if we kept you pregnant, you would you, you could possibly have died, you know? And like those things we have to talk about, like this is the best mm-hmm. alternative. And um, also just when they're really in those feelings of feeling inadequate, just reminding them of how much, the, how much they love their baby. Mm-hmm. Like, look how much you love your baby. Look how much you're worried about your baby. Look how much, how many feelings you've, you've just, put into your baby and it just got here. And I mean, as it should be, but look, look at this, like you are dedicated. You're 1000% dedicated. I'm a complete stranger. I don't even know you. And you're spending every waking minute in here with this baby devoted to it in some way, because you're trying is how I know you're going to be, you're going to succeed at this. That's how I know. Amazing. Amazing. So another question that's come to mind for me, and and you probably experienced this with having three kids as well, and and people who only have one kid or two kids sure. more, um, when you're a new mom and everybody under the sun wants to give you their two cents, and if you happen to be a people pleaser, on top of that. Mm-hmm. 
What's the guidance you give to those moms? Yes. I, um, first of all, I'm always like, I always tell my patients, you know, while you're here with me, I'm willing to play the bad guy. I can kick out people for you if you need me to. Mm -hmm. I, can, I can make something up, right? Or I can change your visitor list or I can call the welcome desk and tell them, no, we're not having visitors today. So like I can be that person. So you don't even have to deal with it while you're here. Mm -hmm. And then I actually, the funny thing is, is I actually have an episode on this too. It's called postpartum visitors, like <laughs> how to deal with postpartum visitors. And it sounds like a scary thing, but it's like these people, they mean well, they love you and they love that baby. And they've been ex anticipating this birth like you have. Yeah, um, long so yeah. recognize that these people come from a place of love is the first thing I try to tell my patients or whoever I'm giving this advice to just recognize that they love you. They are trying to do something nice for you, even though it's actually not great right now. Um, and so I kind of, I tell, like in that episode, I suggested, you know, whatever your plan is for hospital visitors or for visitors in general, make everyone aware of it, what your plan is mm -hmm. ahead of time. And then create a schedule so that like you have free time, you have time to rest, but you also have, you're able to get the visitors in and give everybody their allotted time and tell them you're here from like six to eight, the, we got to get done at eight. The baby has to go, you know, whatever you need to say, say anything about the baby, the baby, we got to do this with the baby and mm -hmm. it's got to be a schedule and you know, blame the baby. Okay. Because these people want to do anything they can for the baby anyway. Um, so, and then the other thing I always am suggesting when my patients are getting closer to going home is if these people come see you and they want to, they're, there's gonna be so many people calling you, they're gonna be like, Hey, can I come see the baby? What you say to them is, yes, I would love for you to come see the baby. I'm so excited for you to meet him or her. Would you please, uh, would you mind holding the baby while I take a shower? Would you mind holding mm -hmm. the baby while I take a nap? Would you mind doing a load of laundry while you're here? Oh, could you bring dinner? You know, like just, and it's not, it seems selfish and it seems needy. But here's oh, the deal. I love that you're teaching them this. But I love this. Yes. Like the deal is this. These people love you. They love you and they want to do and something asking for, for you, help. And they don't so know what to do. Important, right? Yes. And so like you kind of cloak your asking for help because it's hard to ask for help. And when you say the sentence or the words I need help with, that is hard. But if these people are asking you for something, your baby, they want your baby's time. They want your time. And while they deserve that time because they are lo your loved ones and you you want to spend time with them realistically you are dead tired you're trying to figure out this whole baby thing you are leaking from 900 different spots that your body is doing things that you don't know what's going on and you're just and like, you feel bad if you haven't cleaned your house That's thank you people pleaser and you're sitting here trying to be a hostess and i always remind <laughs> my patients like you go home you're not a hostess like barter yeah. you know this time with your baby with something else and it's not mean or rude to ask for these things because they want to help you they just don't know how mm -hmm. and i i love that you are empowering this message and you're you're coaching these people before they even leave the hospital to to be clear about these expectations, because that's really what it is, right? Is knowing what is important to yourself, to your, your partner, being clear about expectations, asking for that 
you know, can I go take a shower while you're here? I love this. I love this guidance. I think it's great. And from the people pleaser perspective, just to wrap this up, mm -hmm. it's recognizing that as soon as you start to say the words, I feel bad about, I should, I need to, I have to do these things in order to please these people, make them feel happy. I want to really encourage, as you have been encouraging your, your patients as well, encourage individuals to, to see that it's okay to step into the, the, the place that you are the person right now who is calling the shots. And, uh, it's, it doesn't need to be or have to be, or should be about anybody else mm -hmm. other than yourself taking care of what your needs are and taking care of that baby. So, uh, bending over to clean the house and scrub the toilets mm. and make meals and make sure everything looks perfect. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Don't There's do already <laughs> enough stress and pressure on you as a new mom. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and the words, you know, I feel bad if there's your guilt voice coming mm -hmm. out, I feel bad if. So for those people who are listening to this podcast to, to recognize how often are you saying those words? I feel bad ab about this. I, 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 I know I feel so guilty that, you know, I want to go to the gym or I want to go uh, and have a, a meal or I want to go take a shower. I mean, how many new moms say that they, they don't shower for weeks, right? Mm -hmm. So really noticing becoming aware of if it's pre-baby that this is likely to happen because the, the bucket of guilt will be poured into your head just like everybody else's mm -hmm. and making a plan for that so in empowering your partner to say to you i i i'm guessing you're probably thinking that you feel bad that the house looks like this what can i do to help right i'm guessing you might be feeling like uh, is this true what you're feeling? It really help have that dialogue of communication. Mm -hmm. Yes. And actually it's kind of funny because there's this one, uh, we have two state mandated videos that the people have to watch in the hospital. Oh, awesome. And one of them, and I mean, realistically only one parent has to watch them. Um, but I prefer both parents to watch them. One of them is on shaken baby syndrome, which is actually on mm -hmm. YouTube. And I suggest that everyone watch that. And I tell my patients, you can have your babysitters and caregivers watch this. It's very excellent education. And there's a lot of good imagery about what happens inside the brain if the baby is shaken. But my point here is the, whoever the support person is, whoever's going home with this person, especially if it's a man, uh, I encourage them to watch this postpartum emotions video with your mm -hmm. partner here because you need to know what she's going to be going through inside because she's not going to verbalize it because she's going to think she should have this under control. Mm -hmm. And she should just know, yeah. that she should know what to do. She should know what she's doing. She's not, she's going to feel crazy in a lot of ways because your hormones are like all over the place. So that's mm -hmm. super fun. And then your lack of sleep and your lack of your normal routine and you're like, what is this body of mine? And it's still not yours. Mm -hmm. And I encourage these men to really pay attention to how their partners are doing because they may see something in them, their partner that, 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 that partner doesn't see themselves or doesn't bring up. And I always remind my patients, the women, the moms, I'm like, now, if he says to you, babe, you doing okay? Like, I'm a little worried about this. Do not rip his head off like you want to. 
realize he comes from a place of love. Like collect yourself for a hot second before you react, because I know exactly what you're going to say. You're going to say, I got this. I'm good. And he's going to be like, oh, sorry. And then he's going to move on. And that's not, A, that's not the way to start a supportive parenting relationship. But B, you want to make sure that you're processing those feelings. When what if we just told the truth? Oh my god, I know. What if we, what just, if we just told the help? truth? How about that? Yeah, what if we were transparent? And yeah. it's sometimes easier for them to be transparent with me than it is a, a person that they are very close to and love very much because they're worried about disappointing that person. Mm-hmm. They're not worried about disappointing me. So know this ahead of time, right? I think that's what ahead of time. That's an important p- message as well. So I want to thank you so much for being here today, Erin. What an incredible conversation. We've we've talked about guilt. We've talked about communicating. So many important nuggets. And and I really want to thank you for your time today. Oh yes, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on. It was a pleasure. And to all of the listeners, I want to thank you once again for tuning into Power to the People Pleasers. Stay tuned for our next episode coming soon. Have a great day.